Hey y'all, it's Meg from rural Wyoming, and you're listening to A Paranormal Chicks with Carrie and Donna. Buckle up, it's Sinister Sightings time. I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 93. And you just heard Meg L. from a place I can't say, so. Rural Wyoming. She sounded so crisp, so clean. What? So fresh, so clean. So fresh and so clean, clean. Yeah, I was going to say, uh. I don't know. Did you do the rural Wyoming version of that? (laughs) So fresh, so clean. Just kidding. I have literally no idea what rural Wyoming is like. Me either. Nor how to say it. <laughs> well, obviously, I passed the buck to you on that one. <laughs> but y'all know the drill. If you want to do an intro like Meg, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay. The first one is called The Devil's Bowling Ball and Skunk Ape. Question mark? <laughs> okay. Greetings. All names have been changed and general locations used. Hailing from northeast Florida from military roots, I married into a local family with some serious tales. Some humorous, some felonious, all interesting. It's Florida. I mean, come on. There's literally a whole podcast about it. (laughs) True. (laughs) Honestly, when I watched Joe Exotic, I really thought he was in Florida. Where is he? It was, it was like in rural Wyoming. <laughs> like, not really, but like, it really was somewhere weird. Yeah, I can't, I can't for the life of me remember. But I was like, no, that's in Florida. Like, that gotta yeah. be in Florida. Yeah. But it's because he went to Florida when he had that, like, his wreck and everything. Mm-hmm. But like... Donna knows his whole life story. Joe Exotic is Florida. Anyway, sorry. This one comes straight from the mouth of the matriarch of the family herself. She was a tiny woman who raised four kids, buried two husbands, and ruled with an iron fist. She knew all, keeper of the secrets. Before you dated anyone, you went to her to make sure you weren't too closely related. (laughs) Okay. Their family tree didn't really, quote-unquote, fork. Ew. I know. (laughs) In the 1960s, this tiny little woman stood against the state government as they purchased the land her family settled on and kicked the entire rural community out of newly deeded state land. What? Why do we keep having this word today? I'm glad you got that one. She finally left after they set fire to her truck, but not without demanding they move her house. She was making hogshead cheese at 90-something for the first time I met her. For your non-Southern listeners, if you aren't familiar with that Southern delicacy, Google it. But be warned. On to the tale. Do you eat hogshead cheese? Hell no. Do you? Mm-hmm. You do? Mm-hmm. You like it? I mean, I'm not like, mmm, it's a delicacy, but I mean, I'll eat it, yeah. Okay. That explains so much. <laughs> Just joking. Wait, maybe hogshead cheese isn't what I thought it was. I thought it was cheese. Are you thinking about like, like goat? No, stuff? but it's definitely not what I thought it was. Okay, okay, okay. maybe I don't. Okay, 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, life has been forever altered. <laughs> it's not what I thought it was. But have you ate it? Maybe not. Maybe I have. <laughs> it's meat jelly, mm-hmm. often made with the flesh from the head of calf or pig. No, no. In, in my head, it was cheese. Okay, anyway, moving on. Married at 15 and living in a dogleg deep in the piney woods, Mabel was living high off the hog. Non-Southern translation, married way too early, lived in a handmade two-room cabin in the forest. Mabel was considered well off. Her husband was employed by the local dairy, and there was always food on the table and a man to feed. What more could a girl ask for? Working at a dairy means her husband, Frank, got up before the cows, i.e. the ass crack of dawn, just after zero dark thirty, and left his new bride every morning. After locking the door behind him, she quite often went back to bed for a little longer before starting her day. Can you blame her? This particular morning was no different. They got up, made coffee, he said goodbye, and left with her locking the door. Then she went to bed. Drifting off, a little time had passed when she felt weight on the bed beside her. Thinking her husband came back, she almost went back to sleep, until she realized she had locked the door after he left. The lock wasn't mechanical, rather a loop of leather that ran through a hole on the door, back through a second hole, and secured on a peg. There was no way to unlock it except from the inside. Holy fuck. That's me, not in the email. Laying in the dark, petrified, she kept her eyes closed as the weight began to glide around on the bed. She described it to me as a bowling ball rolling around. She stayed there unable to move. The entire room grew cold. The ball moved all the way around, down her feet, then back up to her head. She could not tell how long this went on, but she said it never touched her. The experience ended when a neighbor banged on the front door for something sometime later as the sun was up. No footprints, the lock was intact, nothing. The house is still inhabited at the location it was moved to after massive renovations. The area where this occurred is now the back bedroom and to this day gets a cold spot where their bed sat. She was a tough little thing that survived a tough life. Hard living and lack of preventative health care caught up with her when I was pregnant with my daughter. Always saddened me that my daughter never met her, but the stories live on. The next part is Skunk Ape, Bill and Ted's Not-So-Excellent Adventure. I know both of these men involved personally. Names have been changed as they are both highly respected in the community and one now holds public office. Growing up as a farm boy in northeast Florida means long, hot, hard, deep breath carry, get your mind out of the gutter, work. Oh, I should have said Donna. Mm -hmm. You hear that Donna over there going, oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) It's just because I was reading it. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I wasn't reading it, I'd be going, okay. (laughs) how you know us so well right (laughs) even in the summer even more so as hay needs to be cut and stacked 
After a full day in the hayfields, Bill and Ted, like so many in that summer between high school and college, were looking to live it up on a Friday night. Best thing to do? Take the John boat out to go fishing. The creek beckons. Non-Southerners, John boat is a flat-bottom boat with no engine and is powered by pushing it with a pole. Think Venice Canals, but your gondola is steered slash powered by a redneck in cut-off camo overalls singing <laughs> Hank Williams Jr. instead of a romantic tune. <laughs> I mean, I'll take you there. <laughs> Sands the mosquitoes. Oh, for sure. The sun had set about an hour ago, plunging the creek in the dark. Ted is 6'7", and leaving in the fall to go on a full-ride baseball scholarship. Hello! Well, Donna just uh, is sliding off her chair from her wet-ass pants. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how the song goes. That was terrible. (laughs) That's not how the song goes, Carrie. (laughs) But she's not wrong. (laughs) I mean, baseball, yes. Tall, yes. Long, hard, whatever, yes. (laughs) If he's got to push the John boat. With uh, his pole? I mean, even better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) well built, athletic, ask me how I know, insert suggestive eyebrow wiggle, and standing in the back of the boat and propelling it back up one of the many side paths off the main creek. Bill is up front with a large flashlight gator spotting. Non-Florida people, gators do not like being bumped into. They are big enough to rock a boat and bump you. Eyes glow in a flashlight beam and are easily seen. This particular offshoot of the creek is about 18 feet wide and has a canopy cover made up of cypress and oak trees that are high enough up to avoid being hit by the pole as it's being lifted out and maneuvering the John boat. Both of these young men have grown up in the area and know it very well. Both are responsible, outdoorsy type, and not easily spooked by Mother Nature. Until that night. About half a mile from the main creek, they hear a rustling in the canopy above them. No biggie. Again, they're outdoorsy and know that panthers are in the area, but are shy, and if it's one, is probably just curious. They continue on their way. My non-outdoorsy ass pictures the... The panther from uh, Jungle Book. Jungle Book. <laughs> That's my reference. Mm-hmm. They can hear whatever it is in the canopy following them from tree to tree. The little creek makes a sharp turn and gets narrow before it dumps you out into the main creek. The canopy also drops. As they approach the turn, a smell hit them. Ted describes it as a weak old road-killed skunk on top of a chum pile, baking in the August sun. Ew! I mean... Ew! I mean, is this Big Daddy? <laughs> Which is Blanche Devereaux's father from Golden Girls <laughs> describing something? I mean... <laughs> that is like the most Southern description <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> it's quiet. Too quiet. Bill had just commented on how quiet it was when a commotion breaks out above them and a large object falls in the boat with them. Hell breaks loose. The boat rocks, flashlight goes flying, both trying to keep their balance and not become gator bait. Ted recovers first and stands to his full height. 
He had pulled the pole out of the water when the boat rocked. He said instinct took over and he raised it to swing it like a baseball bat. He came right out from the shoulder with years of batting practice and swung as hard as he could. It connects. He hits it and knocks whatever it was out of the John boat. It makes a huge splash, soaking them both and rocking the boat so badly that they lost their cooler with their catch in it. After confirming that Bill is still up front, Ted propels the boat out onto the main creek as fast as he can with a bent pole. The main creek is wide open, no canopy, and a steady current. They make it back to the truck, pack everything up, and leave, refusing to discuss what happened. This story came to light several years after this and after a lot of liquid courage. I went to Ted later, and his story was the same. Both of these men are God-fearing, overall-wearing, mama-loving, biscuit-and-gravy-eating, southern stock that would not joke about this. So what was it? Me being me, and knowing that Ted is 6'7", even allowing for a slight crouched stance, puts his shoulders between 5'4 at the low end and 5'10 at the upper end. Florida does have non-native wild monkeys, rhesus, I don't know if that's how you say it, but none in that area and none that are that tall. They are only about 20 pounds tops. A panther is big enough to rock a boat, but not that tall. Black bears are common in the area. They are that tall when they stand up, but lack the physical ability to follow in the canopy. And the smell. So what was it? Your guess is as good as mine. Creep it real, you wonderful creep queens, Carrie. Spelled like the Stephen King novel, and no, my prom was uneventful. Oh my gosh. What do you think it was? Wow. I don't know. Chupacabra? It's not that tall. How do you know? You've seen one? My mama told me. Well, she can't even say it. (laughs) That's how you really say it. Oh, Chupacabra. It called her at home. It had told her. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Well, what y'all think it was? Yeah, for real. But, like, for real. And that boy sounds so up down his alley. He could be at something else. He could paddle his canoe straight up her canal. (laughs) (laughs) In the first story, with the, like, rolling weight. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that was. That's so creepy. And that they've rebuilt. That room Mm -hmm. is still, like, active. Oh, gosh. Yeah, something up in that room. Mm-hmm. And uh, nature's scary as fuck. It really is. No, thank you. No, no, no. Mm-mm. I'll stay inside with yeah. air conditioners and heaters. Mm-hmm. And no mosquitoes. No mosquitoes, no alligators, no skunk apes. And if something goes bump in the night, I just close my door. <laughs> I mean, I hope. Unless it's me bumping I wasn't going to say I hope I'm going bump in the night, but you know. All right, on to the next one. I want to start off by saying I love the podcast and have been obsessed since hearing the recommendation from Patrick from the Obsessed Network. I lived with my grandparents in Louisville, Kentucky. Yes, same city as Waverly since I was a baby and my grandmother constantly would tell me all the stories of her house. But first, we'll start with the little girl. My grandmother first saw her not long after buying the house running up the stairs and turning the corner. She was dressed in an old-fashioned nightgown. Picture Laura Ingalls from Little House on the Prairie. 
She's also appeared at random times, not to scare, but basically say hi, but still creepy though. And she shakes the crystal chandelier and that thing is not easy to swing. Another time, my cousin asked my grandmother, my sister and I, if any of us came downstairs in a nightgown. We hadn't, and me and my sister didn't own nightgowns at the time. My cousin watched the little girl walk up to the baby gate, open it, walk into the kitchen, then exit the kitchen and close the gate. My cousin refused to sleep downstairs after that. Then it was my turn. I was in college, RIP my credit score from student loans, and of course, I stayed up till 4 a.m. finishing projects. Went upstairs with my dog and went to lay in bed. As soon as I laid my head on my pillow, I hear a soft giggling right next to my head. Everyone was asleep but me and my dog. I knew I wasn't crazy because my dog was looking the same direction as me. I turned away from the doorway and laid back down saying, I need to go to sleep now. Have fun. This is one of many stories I have about that house, and to this day, I really don't go in alone. The next one is about my grandma. So again, I lived with them since I was a baby, and my grandma was my best friend. We were so close. She unexpectedly passed away in the house in 2013, and it was devastating for my pappy and I. I'm still working on issues from it. Well, at the time, I was dating my ex-fiance. He had left the visitation with my cousin to go home. I received a call from him not long after he stopped at the house asking if everyone was still at the funeral home. I told him yes, that everyone but them two were still here. Next thing I get is, okay, cool, so your grandma just walked across the dining room then to the kitchen. I was completely confused, but he watched what looked like a whitish shape make its way from the stairway through the dining room, to the kitchen with her extra big cup of Coke in her hand. I kind of brushed it off because he was notorious for lying. Note why I said X. I was sitting on the couch in the piano room where the chandelier is when I smelled the smoke of a cigarette. Not just any cigarette. Moral? Yes. God, I can't ever say that. The white box. Hers. I got up and went to ask my aunt, who lived with us, if she was smoking since she smoked menthols. She had quit and hadn't smoked in over a month, and the smoke smell was only in one spot. She confirmed that she could smell it too, but nowhere else. Next, she messed with my sister. Now, their relationship was strained, but my sister was sitting in her room that shared a wall with my grandmother's old room. It was just me and her when we hear knocking. My sister throws open my door and says someone knocked on her wall. We went into my grandma's old room. No one was there. Another time, my sister was walking into the kitchen when she screamed. My sister heard someone yell her name into her ear in a low whisper. I want to believe it's my grandma getting back at her for all the years of issues they had. It brings me a little more comfort knowing that she's still there, even if she wasn't there physically. Next story time is a true crime one. Love you ladies and keep up the amazing work. And that's the fucking truth about college. Not only does it fuck with you sleep, it fucks with your fucking credit. <laughs> that's the real monster here, you know? And your fucking bills and your fucking everything. Mm-hmm. The only thing good that came out of fucking coronavirus is it put a damn hold on all your student loan debt. I just love that you even said it in the uh, cadence coronavirus. <laughs> I mean, but like for real though. Yeah. This motherfucker's about to be starting to be due again. 
Also... Because you know my ass didn't pay it because, I mean, who could? Right? Also, I love that the little girl was in a nightgown. Like, that's what Carrie always says is like, why are they always in, like, nightgowns? I mean, it's true, though. Unless your nightgown matched your Cabbage Patch doll, (laughs) you're in, like, a period nightgown, and when are y'all gonna catch up with this century? Right? I just needs to know. Look, if Carrie dies in her sleep... Whoever she haunts is in for a fucking treat. I mean, you're welcome, really. Whew. Whew. I mean, do your boobs hang low to the Wobbleton room? Well, gravity will help with that. Look, you're going to be floating, so it's oh, all true, good. Oh, true, true, true. I'm talking about uh, color-wise. They're going to be like, the psychic is going to be like, I see lime green, no, baby pink, and blue? Navy blue? Yeah. <laughs> Um, orange, orange, all together, all at the same time. Socks, long sleeve, but <laughs> pant, but it's summer. <laughs> also, that story really made me want a cigarette. It's all I got to say. Made me want a cigarette real bad. I mean, like real bad. Fucking <laughs> like Marlboro Ultralight, please. Isn't that so crazy though? Like how you can s- distinguish like. Whose cigarette you smell based on what they smelled like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Even if it was somebody who smoked the same kind of cigarettes. Like, they... Yeah. And, like, I can remember growing up, my dad smoked and my mom didn't. But my dad, every morning before work, would go... This place... This is so country. This place was literally called the Country Kitchen. And he would go to the Country Kitchen before work, drink coffee, smoke cigarettes, get breakfast, all the things, and then go to work. So he had a very specific smell to him from the country kitchen. But my mom's work, they were able until, I don't know, mid-90s probably, they were allowed to smoke in the building. So she had a very specific smell to her coming home. And so I can remember, like, what she would smell like, which, you know what I mean? It's just so interesting. I don't know. I don't know. That story made me think of that. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, my whole takeaway was student loans and smoking. (laughs) And sleeping gowns. (laughs) Sleeping gowns. (laughs) Well, we can't wait to hear your true crime stuff. Absolutely. Okay, the next one is called True Crime. Long ass one, but good slash horrible one. Hey, ladies, I found y'all. And let me tell you, I am obsessed. It's not even funny. I've been binging and telling everyone I know to listen to y'all. So I have quite a few stories, but I'm going to start out with a true crime one. You're welcome, Carrie. Also, trigger warning, it involves children. So the crime I'm sending in is a murder that happened in Sioux City, Iowa in 2001. And the killer was 23-year-old Adam Moss, who killed seven people. Let me start by saying we hate him. He is fucking disgusting. So, the story with Adam is that he was an ex-con who had been in jail before. Well, he got a girlfriend who was 31-year-old Letitia Aguilar. She had five children, ages ranging from 6 to 12. There were rumors going around that Adam was gay and was sleeping with 58-year-old Ronald Fish. And that's just what I've heard. I'm not sure if that's true, but supposedly, Letitia's 11-year-old Zach found out and was going to tell his mom what Adam was doing. Neighbors heard the argument around 8 p.m. and saw Adam leaving the house. 
Around 3 a.m., Adam came back to the house, but he had a hammer and a knife. He first went in the girls' room, who were 12 and 7. He went to the 12-year-old and brought the hammer down twice on her temple, then once on her sternum. Then he went over to the 7-year-old and brought the hammer down on the center of her forehead. Why do they have to use a fucking hammer? And I hate this guy. You were right. He is disgusting. Fuck him. Then went to the boys, who were 9 and 11. He killed the 9-year-old with one swift blow to the head. Then it is said that he beat the 11-year-old over 20 times with the hammer on his head, chest, neck, and face. Why? He then went to the 6-year-old and beat his chest until he stopped breathing. (gasps) Then went to Letitia's room. She was awake when she died because they found her with her eyes open. Oh my gosh. But he fractured her skull and beat her face, then slit her throat with a knife. Oh my god. It was around 4 a.m., and he left after he put a note on the door stating that they went on vacation so the babysitter wouldn't come in. A couple of days later, he went to Ronald Fish's house and beat him with the hammer and stabbed him multiple times. Oh, my gosh. A co-worker of Ronald found him, and the babysitter thought it was weird that Letitia just left with the kids and she had a key to the house, so she went inside oh my gosh. to find the TV was missing and then unfortunately found all the bodies several days after the murders took place. Wow. And then he took the TV. Add insult to fucking injury. Like, oh my gosh. The police then found Adam the day after the bodies were found, and he pled guilty to seven counts of first-degree murder and was sentenced to seven consecutive life sentences with no chance of parole. Iowa does not have the death penalty, but this case almost brought it back. But Moss died by suicide in prison in 2013, which I think is a coward-ass move. I hate that this happened to those sweet angels, But I thought you guys and the Creepsters would like to learn this story. Sorry it was so long, but keep doing what you're doing. Creep it real and don't get scared. Love y'all so much. Thank you for this podcast and keeping my sanity, Kelsey. Oh my God. That's brutal. Horrible. And I get what you're talking about with the suicide. It's kind of how when we talk about Ariel Castro. Yes. And he, it's just like, wow. But, you know, but. Suicide is not like a cowardly way out of in general. It's just like that Adam Moss was fucking brutal. I totally see what you mean though when they do it in prison, like because it is them not being able to face their consequences. Mm-hmm. In life though, I understand that it's not though. You right. Know what I mean, that yeah, it's completely it really is. Different. It's a, you know, with the mental illness and it's people can't see a way out and. You know, people need help. Definitely. But when it comes to someone in prison who just doesn't want to face life in prison for the crimes that they committed, fuck them. Right. Especially when they have taken the lives of seven Mm -hmm. people. And again, like specifically with Ariel Castro, he can't handle being prisoner when it's literally what he did to people for over a decade. Over a decade, and he couldn't last, and he complained about it the entire time. And was treated well. Yes. I mean, like a fucking king compared to what he did to the girls. Yes. But the whole point being, I get what you're saying. Yes. 
But we do understand in life, it's not that cut and dry as far right. as mental illness and people dying by suicide. Right. I can't believe it's so brutal. Ugh, a, a hammer, hammer. and so young. Mm-hmm. And then to take their fucking TV. Like, I mean, what did he do with it? I mean, did he pawn it? I don't know. For getaway money? Because clearly you didn't get very fucking far. I don't know. And I... And then, like, why do you have to go back and kill your alleged boyfriend? I don't know. And, I mean, is it really that terrible that someone found out? Right? Oh, my god! But then if he really is gay, is that why he died by suicide in prison, though? He couldn't handle people finding out he was gay in prison? Like, he was so fearful of what would happen to him? But people live in prison every day who are gay, you know? Yeah. I don't fucking know. I don't know. And then maybe that just sparks a whole nother thing that's bigger than all of that. Yes. You know, so I, I've never heard of that case, so. Me neither. Wow. Thank you so much, Kelsey. All right. Hey, ladies. Greetings from the West Midlands in the UK. I don't want you guys to say my real name on the podcast, so you can use my friend's nickname for me, Alphaba. I just want to say I love your podcast. I found you guys... I love people who say you guys because it's so, like, foreign Foreign. to me. (laughs) I found you guys partway through this lockdown, and I've been binging since then. You've kept me sane, as well as my theater classes, as I'm a theater girl at heart, which makes sense with Alphaba. I spoke to you on Instagram about one of your episodes, and I will eventually send that story in when I've worked out how to put my shit show life experiences in a story. Anyway... I work as a caretaker in a nursing home, so best believe I have seen some weird shit in the five years I've been doing this kind of work. But that's not what I wanted to tell you about today. I seem to attract the weird and the creepy, but I will not sit through a horror movie. I'm going off on a tangent, and this is probably long as fuck already, so I'll stop rambling and get to the story. Just before lockdown, I went on a girl's trip to London with one of my best friends, We were going to go to the theater and do some exploring shit because we've never been to London before. I mean, you're so fucking cool. (laughs) And like, I I mean that, like you are actually so fucking cool. Right? But then Corona happened and shit hit the fan, so we never got to go see Hamilton Live and all the other shows we had planned to see, which I'm still pissed about four months later. We ended up doing a tour of the Tower of London, where my friend and I, both believers in the paranormal and lovers of all things spooky and true crime, felt a presence following us, and as we walked up to one of the rooms, I kept feeling something tugging at my right leg, and it would not stop shaking. This bitch would not tell me what she thought it was until later on when we got back to our hotel room. She felt the spirits of two princes in the tower, and that they attached themselves to me Because they apparently thought I was a safe space, or maybe I was reliving their capture. The next day, we did the Jack the Ripper tour in museum. At the entrance to the museum, we were given information leaflets, which we didn't bother looking at, and shoved them into my bag. Because who reads shit before exploring, right? Who are you, Carrie? (laughs) We get to the end of the museum tour in the lower room, which we both felt a heavy presence in where we realized it was the original mortuary where the victims had been brought, complete with the original table. We both started crying, and I had to leave the room because I felt like I was going to have a panic attack. Nothing like anxiety mixed with being a spiritual sensitive, right? 
I tried to go back into the room to my friend, but I felt something was stopping me or maybe stopping me from falling to the floor. I don't know. Insert shrug emoji. It didn't feel like a bad energy. It was just unbelievably sad. And I was glad to get out of there when we were done. I have plenty more of creepy stories to tell, but for now we will settle for spooks instead. I've rambled long enough and I'm sorry if this is super long. I type as I speak, which is super long-winded, and people often tell me to be quiet. (laughs) Who are you, Donna? Right? (laughs) Creep it real, ladies, and don't ever change. Love, Alphaba. Too bad those princes weren't alive, and you could be like, I'm the princess. (laughs) I'm not a policeman, I'm a princess. Also, all I'm thinking is, isn't there a song by the Spin Doctors that's called Two Princes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry. That's where my mind was going. Wow. Well, I'm glad y'all got to go on tours and At stuff, too. At least something, yeah. yeah. But holy shit about the Jack the Ripper Museum and, like, it actually being the place and with the table. I can't imagine, and I'm not sensitive to, like, paranormal stuff, but I am, like, empathetic, you know, like. It's also so crazy to me, like, being in a place that old. Mm-hmm. Because my only point of reference for that is my time in Salem. Because that was the oldest anything I had ever been to, some of those places. And it's like, that's fucking infancy compared to shit ever across the pond. You know, it's like, they scoff at that. (laughs) New money. You know, it's like. (laughs) So it's like, I can't, like, I don't know, it's. I mean, I know Jack the Ripper's not that old. Yeah. As get, compared to like the Salem Witch Trials, but you get the point. I get what you mean. Yeah. This one is called Double Up Hometown. Howdy. So this may be a first ever double hometown story for you. I was born and raised in Corpus Christi, Texas, and have lived in Kerrville, Texas for almost 20 years. This story encompasses both of my hometowns. Jennifer Cave graduated from high school in Corpus Christi, Texas in 2002 and attended college in and near Austin later that year. She worked for a law firm as a legal assistant. August 16, 2005, Jennifer went to dinner with her friend Colton Petoniak to celebrate her new job. The next day, her mom, Sharon, got a call from Jennifer's new employer that she never showed up for work that morning. Shirley freaked out that she couldn't get a hold of her daughter. Sharon called Colton, who said he last saw Jennifer around midnight. Big, fat lie. Sharon and her fiancé drove to Austin and twice went to Colton Petoniak's apartment. No answer. But they saw their daughter's car parked there. After calling 911, police said they didn't have a warrant. Sharon slipped a window lock and her fiancé climbed in. He found Jennifer's body in the bathtub and called 911 again. She was shot and stabbed numerous times. Hands and head severed and wrapped in a garbage bag on the floor. Oh my gosh! According to a Travis County prosecutor, she was shot through the arm, bullet traveled, into the chest, through the heart, pretty much killing her instantly. 
It was the post-murder behavior that made it so grotesque. The mutilation was anger. It wasn't any effort to hide the body or get rid of the body. It was just playing with it like it was a toy. A hacksaw was placed in her abdomen. After she was decapitated, she was shot once through the neck into the head. Colton contacted Laura Hall, a former girlfriend, around 3.30 a.m., and they went to the hardware store for the hacksaw, garbage bags, cleaning products, and rubber gloves. Laura gassed up her green Cadillac and both took off to Mexico for five days before the Mexican SWAT team found them in a Holiday Inn. What the fuck? They were driven to the border. Colton was handed over to the U.S. Marshals. Laura was allowed to leave. What the fuck? Petoniak testified that he doesn't remember killing Jennifer and must have blacked out and done it. History of serious drug abuse. He said it was Laura Hall's plan to dismember the body and flee the country. Laura's DNA was found on three items. One of Jennifer's sandals, a blue shop towel, and on the pistol used to shoot Jennifer. In 2007... Colton Petoniak was convicted of murder and sentenced to 55 years. Laura Hall was convicted of tampering with evidence and hindering the apprehension of Petoniak and sentenced to six years. What? In 2009, the Court of Appeals canceled her sentence, stating her sentencing hearing was not fair and she was released on bond. Are you fucking kidding me? However, in 2010, a jury sentenced her to 10 years minus the two she served. March 15th of 2018, she was released. Why is this a double-up hometown? Laura's parents worked pretty closely with me at Kerrville State Hospital for five years before I had ever heard of this. They lived near Kerrville, Texas, and have been staunch advocates for their daughter. You can see them in some of the court videos online. Holy shit. Holy shit. She, so, she, hmm. Her, hmm. Yeah. Her shit was on the fucking gun, and she didn't get, I mean, you can't prove that she pulled the trigger. But she went and bought the shit with him, and then fled the country with him. And her shit was on the shit. I mean, if anything, why was it just tampering with evidence? Why was it not, like, aiding and abetting? Why was it not, like, all this other stuff? Like, why could they not have gotten her for way more shit? Right. Wow. Fuck that. 10 years? Uh Uh-uh. That is not okay. No. That's not okay. No. And obviously she has no problem, like, fleeing and leaving and, you know what I mean? Oh, God. And clearly no remorse, like, no nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. That fucking fight in that six years bit her in the ass, though, didn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Went from six to ten. Yep. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's... Oh. I'm surprised with the fucking dumbass shit that they charging people with. I'm surprised they didn't charge the mom and stepdad, step-fiance for fucking breaking and entering. Right? Wow. Well, thank you for that. Even though it's got her blood boiling, but thank you for that. I mean, if they hadn't have fled to Mexico... Because at first I was like, oh, they were 100%. Like, he was getting ready to... They would have never fucking found her. Mm-hmm. You know? But... No, they just, they literally did that for fun. Yeah. And then, like, he didn't remember it. Uh, you had to go buy all of that shit after 
mm-hmm. after the fact. I'm like, oh my God. Ugh. Okay, moving on. Hello, beautiful ladies. I just recently started listening to your podcast and I am in love with it. I listen to it every day while I do things around the house for work, when I'm working out, and even when I shower with the curtain open enough so I can see if anything is coming to get me. <laughs> Y'all remind me so much of my best friend Maddie and myself, except we're missing the sweet Southern charm and are more of city folks, and it brings so much joy to my day. I wasn't going to send in anything until just now when, literally 10 minutes ago, my boyfriend and I both experienced a ghostly visitor. To preface, I believe in everything 100%. Ghost, aliens, cryptid, whatever else there is to believe in. However, I prefer to not have them in my life because I'm a scaredy cat and wouldn't be able to live if something were haunting me. Which brings me to today's sinister sighting. Picture this. I am sitting there looking as beautiful as ever in my old pajamas, munching cereal, bedhead, big glasses on my face with my boyfriend laying next to me scrolling on his phone. Living the fucking dream. I mean, are you Carrie? Because she loves cereal. Mm-hmm. Loves PJs. Mm-hmm. But she'd also be on her phone. Mm-hmm. But and so no glasses. Would, and so would Colby. Yeah, but no glasses. Definitely bedhead. Oh, this short hair, y'all. I, how do people with short hair, maybe y'all just have like like heavier hair, but my thin hair, it looks like something, uh, what's that movie? There's something about Mary. It looks like that when I get up. I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, I legitimately sometimes look like a Whoville monster when I wake up. I'm like, Donna, this is why you're single right here. No one needs to wake up to this. Okay. Well, suddenly from my left side comes something. I would say it felt like a rock, but alas, there was no rock to be found. That hits me in the face at nearly the speed of light. In fact, it hits me so hard that my glasses lens pops out of my glasses and falls into my cereal bowl. Oh, hell no. Uh, uh. I'm sorry. My doctor doesn't like things flying at my face. Balls flying at at my nose. (laughs) There goes your social life. (laughs) Uh, If only I could really quote that movie. Good God. We're the only people in the house, aside from my kitties, so I'm not sure what managed to slap the sight off of my face, but apparently it doesn't like the visually impaired. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry this story isn't the scariest. I have more, but I wanted to send in something more recent and not from childhood, and apparently I manifested a spirit to give me just that. Thank you guys so much for all that you do, and I'm wishing you health and happiness and scares if you want them, always. All love, Anna from Las Vegas. Anna, was your boyfriend like, the fuck just happened? <laughs> oh, gosh. Don't shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> I mean, like, what the fuck? Okay, one, what kind of cereal were you eating? That's very important. Very important. And two, what kind of glasses did you have? Because if those were expensive, who, even if not, because... It didn't say it broke it. It just said, knock the lens out. Knock the lens out. But sometimes... Pop that shit back in. Sometimes it fucks it up, though. Oh, what do I know? Holy shit, though. That would piss me right the fuck off. Don't hit me in my face. Well, when you figure out what asteroid hit your face, let us know. <laughs> oh, God. Well, and I need to look out because, you know, I am visually impaired. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next one's called The Blue House. Hi, y'all. It's Amelia Bedelia again. 
I'm back with a ghost story, question mark? It's complicated. When I was 10, I think, my family moved into a smaller, affordable house, and we call it the Blue House. It was painted sky blue, and it gave my mom and me the creeps. I hated seeing the outside walls of the house because it was covered by daddy long legs. Ooh, ooh, I don't like them. I would run into the house to avoid staring at them for too long. One random night, I randomly woke up to see a tall, dark figure at the foot of my bed. I didn't have to adjust my eyes to the dark to feel scared. It wasn't just a dark figure. It was the Grim Reaper. He had the scythe and the black robe. Scared, I flipped onto my right side to avoid looking at him. The left side of my bed was right next to the wall. If I wanted to get out of bed, I would slide off my right side of the bed. Well, I should have flipped to the left because I saw a skeleton hand reaching towards me from the right side when I opened my eyes. Oh, hell no. The hand was curling its fingers like when you're going to run it through your hair. I flipped to my left with my blanket covering my head and surprisingly fell asleep. I didn't tell my mom until years later. She wasn't surprised. My mom had horrible nightmares in that house in the short time we lived there. She would dream that she was in the basement and she was outside of her body looking at herself in a coffin. It's not a ghost story, but it was a sinister sighting for sure. I thought I would share this story while I can't sleep. Thank you so much for creating a lovely community. You are such lovely people and it definitely attracts great energy that the Facebook group shows. I have more stories, but I want to revisit them with my mom so I can get the details right. Creep it real, you beautiful ladies. Oh my good. Wow. Mm-mm. I was like hoping that your next like line would be, and then it was like your annoying older brother, you know, yeah. playing a trick on you or something. Whew. Uh-uh. I don't like that. Mm-mm. What does it say about me that I'd rather it be the Grim Reaper than like a really big granddaddy long legs though? That says a lot. Why do you have such issues with older men that you went straight for a granddaddy long legs and not a daddy long legs? <laughs> Wait, is that... <laughs> I always thought they were called granddaddy long legs. I think they're just daddy long legs. What? Are they granddaddy long legs? I thought so. Granddaddy long legs. Oh, big daddy long legs. No, they're not big daddy. (laughs) I've always called them granddaddy long legs. (laughs) Oh, girl. God, you got some fucking issues. That's not like a good one. She said it could be both. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I really have said both in my life. I'm pretty I, sure. And I said how how you could determine the difference. And I'm telling you, I've always called them that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What were you saying about the some sort of daddy long leg? I don't even remember. <laughs> but thank you for your story. Oh, Grim Reaper versus Daddy Long Legs. Yes, that says a lot about you. The whole <laughs> statement. <laughs> I mean, show me what that scythe does, though. This is why I love you. <laughs> well, we definitely want to hear all your stories. So, yeah, fact check them with your mom. Get back with it. <laughs> this girl. 
Y'all tell us what y'all say. Am I the only one who knows this? No. I, Am I the only educated one here? Yeah. What she... <laughs> <laughs> like, once you said it, yes, I have heard Granddaddy Long Legs. Oh, once I said it and you... Uh, I mean, I did think Grasshopper was a cricket the other day, so there's that. that. There's that. <laughs> What did you even say? I said they were black, and you're like, no, they're always green. Yeah, I was like, they're green, sometimes kind of grayish, but I think you're thinking of a cricket. (laughs) Hmm. Because, oh, she was like, how do you get so close to them to see what color they are? And it's like, oh, (laughs) well, I don't know how this girl, (laughs) like, how am I more country than she is? Like, what the fuck? (laughs) all right this last one it is granddaddy long legs (laughs) no it's jesus guardian angels and a naked meth head hey ladies first let me shower you with compliments (laughs) okay (laughs) donna didn't have to make it awkward but she did <laughs> My superpower. I love you guys. You two are the funniest pizzas in podcasting. <laughs> that was like an abrupt, like, ah. like it sounded like a laugh take, and it wasn't <laughs> a laugh take. Oh my god, is that what they're called? Yeah, okay. well, I don't know. Okay, in the biz, sure. <laughs> don't fucking know. <laughs> You knew what a meat cute was. I was like, wait, what? I mean, I watched the holiday. <laughs> but could you imagine if people used our laughing for laugh takes? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Why would they ever do that to somebody? <laughs> but can we make money doing that? Because uh, we Wait, wait, can- wait, wait. <laughs> Will, we got another project. <laughs> Set us up for that, Will. I- <laughs> I was thinking, you could insert my scream in scary movie stuff. Oh, my God. Yes. Seriously. I've been binge listening to your show for the last two weeks, and I can't stop. I have a problem. So let's get into this ridiculous story that happened to my grandpa back in the mid-90s. Sorry if it's long, but I can't wait to hear y'all cackle over this. Oh, God. And we have been Oh, gosh. I don't know if you could tell it in my voice, but my voice is kind of going a little bit. (laughs) I sound like I've been smoking those uh, cigarettes. <laughs> All yeah. I can picture is a candy cigarette. Because <laughs> that's oh. all I've ever had. <laughs> oh, my God. You sound like you've been smoking something else. Wacky backy. <laughs> I love that you didn't know what the devil's love. I hate you right now. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring up that past shit. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Picture it. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 1995 to 1996. My grandpa owned a farm literally 10 minutes away from the downtown area. He had 100 plus acres of woods and fields, aka lots of hiding places. In the summer, my grandma and all five grandkids would jump on our four-wheelers and take a drive down through the woods and back. Really, it was a highlight of our day. One evening, we set off for our nightly ride and assume it's going to be like any other, 
We was wrong. Uh Uh-oh. Right off the trail, we see a couple of trees with fucking deer parts hanging from them. Like, what the actual shit? My grandma does her best to explain away Leatherface's Christmas trees. And for whatever reason, all of us kids are like, yeah, cool. Obviously, she fills my pap in and he's absolutely beaming with joy because now he gets to drive around on his four-wheeler with a gun and threaten whoever did it. He was kind of a dick, but I was his favorite, so whatever. Rest his soul. (laughs) About a week later, the day of reckoning was upon us. It was early evening, like six or seven, and my grandpa comes bursting through the front door, yelling to get his gun, and we're all like, oh Christ, here we go. He's probably going to go threaten the neighbor again for driving on his property, but no, it was way more insane. My pap was doing his nightly rounds to check the fields, and he sees a person running full speed into the woods. Not one to let anything go, my pap decides this dude's got some explaining to do. He gets his gun and hauls ass back to where he last saw the intruder. He finds a skinny, dirty, long-haired, naked man hiding behind a tree. This fucking guy jumps out from behind the tree and is thanking my pap for showing up to quote-unquote rescue him. Y'all, he legit looked my pap dead in the eyes and asked if he was his guardian angel, all while having a rifle pointed at his face. My pap is obviously like, what the shit are you talking about? But this dude takes a hard right and exclaims, I'm Jesus! Oh my god! And takes off into the night. Very confused and probably a little sad that he didn't shoot anyone, my pap calls the cops. Probably a good thing. (laughs) Don't shoot people. (laughs) Now, it's important to point out that my pap had a lot of friends in high places. So when I say the police showed up, it wasn't just one or two cars. It was a goddamn army. Like helicopters and everything. Oh, shit. After a couple of hours, they find him perched in a tree trying to fly away. Oh. Turns out he was on a crazy meth binge and had been living in the woods for about a week or so. (gasps) And yes, he asked the police if they liked the Christmas trees he decorated, a.k.a. the deer parts. Oh. And so that's the story of how a naked meth head thought he was Jesus. Oh, no. I have a bunch of other spooky stories that I'll send in, but I wanted to start with the most ridiculous first. Keep up the good work, Jen. Oh, my God, Jen. Oh, my God. One, the deer parts. Oh, my freak. You, oh, did it stink? I just want to, oh, he had to stink Mm -hmm. from doing Mm -hmm. all the deer. Like, well, also. He's been out there a week. Oh, he was ripe. How did he, like, disembowel the deer and shit? I guess he had a knife. I guess so. Where did he keep that knife? Between his butt cheeks? I mean, it sounds like he had set up camp over there. Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) Your pap was trigger happy, man. He was. Get my gun. (laughs) I could just see that. Oh, my gosh. Also, be like, I'm Jesus and gone. Like, wait, what? (laughs) And then found him perched on a tree trying to fly away. Like, okay. Well. Wow, Jen. Thank you so much. That was hilarious. God, all these past few sinister. I mean, they're always all so good, but I feel like these past few have been so 
freaking good. Yeah, and funny and... I'm digging all the true crime. You know yeah. I am. I'm like obsessed. Oh, yeah. Thank y'all so much for sending them all in. Keep them coming. Aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, review, subscribe, all the things. Oh, and I mean, we've been having some intros. So like, mm-hmm. let's keep that up, y'all. If you got intros, send them in. Yes. Send in your intros. If you wanted to have an intro, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. If you didn't know, we do have a website. I don't know. We haven't talked about the website in a long time. There's not a lot to it right now, but... 2021, it is its year. But you can get to our merch store there, which has got some oldies but goodies there. Yeah. It hasn't been updated in a while either. You know, 2021. 2021. (laughs) Uh, So, but anyway, you can head there, aparanormalchicks.com, and that has a link to the merch store if you Mm -hmm. wanted to. And Patreon. Treat yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. Otherwise, just remember. Creep it real and and don't don't get get scared. scared.